everybody. Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu. My name is Gabe Estel. I'm here with my co-hosts, Dennis Levi Leach and Jonathan Getz. How's it going, guys? Good. Going good. Awesome. Well, we made it to episode 25. Yes. Congratulations. The, the Silver Slugger anniversary. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So we've got a show, a good show lined up for you tonight. We're going to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, induction ceremony that just happened uh, I believe it was earlier this week and then we've got sort of our spin on it Um, obviously who should and should not be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is kind of an old debate you know um, the same names kind of come up every every year over these last few years so we're not really going to get into that as much as we people that we really value that we think embody kind of a lot of the qualities that um, this podcast discusses, as well as they just, they're badass bands that deserve the rec- recognition. So we're going to put them in the equivalent of the Shinsu Chu Hall of Fame. We're calling it the Shoe Ends. Okay? So this is the first, this is the inaugural class of Shoe Ends. We're going to have three nominees for you tonight. All bands that we've talked about and plugged on the show, they're all veteran bands. I will give everybody that. Um, so, let's go ahead and get started, though. Um, when we last recorded, the baseball season was really, I think it uh, was just getting underway or just just about to launch. Well, now it has launched, and the Kansas City Royals are seem to be kind of one of the teams to beat. So, Jonathan, obviously, I assume you're pretty excited about how the Royals have played mm-hmm. so far. Yeah, obviously, uh, uh, surpassing the uh, dimmed expectations yeah. of all of the prognosticators. They obviously yeah. didn't let that get to them. <laughs> right. Not so and, far, at least. Uh, not only are they the team to beat, they're also the team to bean, it seems like. Yeah, right. Uh, as, as they've been, uh, I think, the second most plunked ba- uh, <laughs> sorry, team in, in baseball. Wow. Uh, so, the, you know, wow. the offense started off pretty hot. It's since the, the Twins kind of had their way with them. Uh, the Twins pitching did uh, and, and tempered that a bit, but uh, overall, yeah, you can't can't complain with being on top of uh, the Central Division there with uh, the Tigers at this point, who, who have also yeah. started off very strong as well. Yeah, very. Um, looks like what do we got here? Oh, we got a we got a tie ball game right now between the White Sox and the Royals, top of the eighth. So, um, <laughs> and then. Um, for the Chicago teams, uh, the White Sox have been off to a pretty uneven start so far. They're, as of this recording, they're six and eight, and um, you know there's certainly been some offensive firepower. Jose Abreu, as expected, is really um, just tearing the leather off the ball right now, as well as uh, Melky Cabrera is off to a good start too. Uh, Levi, on the other side of town. Um, Obviously, the biggest story, I think, is the emergence, the arrival, I should say, of Chris Bryant uh, last week, as well as another arrival now of Addison Russell, too. So uh, what do you make of the first two weeks of, uh, well, the first uh, about 15 games of the season or so? I think the Cubs are playing above even high expectations. I mean, I I think a lot of people didn't think they might have gelled as a team this quick, but it seems like... Joe Madden has set just such an awesome tone in the clubhouse that uh, everybody's pulling for each other, and you can see when guys are up to bat, other guys are all on the rail, you know, you know, rooting them on, and 
it's a it's a cool feeling to see that. Yeah. And um, I, you know, the stat the statisticians will have to check this, but I'm almost positive the Cubs haven't lost more than one game by more than one run. Okay, yeah, they've they've been close. They were close last night in Pittsburgh. It, I'm almost positive. There's only one that I can recall where they lost by more than one run. Right. And so that means that you're you're fighting it out. You're scrapping it out. And some of those are wins. Today was a win where they or a loss where they lost by a run, and it was a late loss where the bullpen lost it. But some of those have been, you know, where they almost came back and won in the eighth or ninth inning, but then ended up losing by a run. Yeah. So they're scrapping, and that's that's cool, you know. That division, the NL Central, is, uh, as I think a lot of people predicted, already close. You know, it's all, the Cardinals only have a two-and-a-half game lead. Yeah. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh are just a half a game behind the Cubs. So that's going to be um, – and then you have Milwaukee at – Starting off really, Milwaukee looks pretty bad so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Three and thirteen. Oh, yeah. um, so, and in the American League Central, you know, I already mentioned Detroit and Kansas City, really uh, two of the probably the two two best teams in the American League. Well, definitely the two best teams in the American League so far. Um, I don't know the other stat, but Anthony Rizzo may have been beamed as many times as the entire Kansas City Royals team. <laughs> right. I don't know right. if you guys have seen this, but I think it's up to like five or six. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the world's been beamed in you know, eighteen or nineteen times now. I think. Oh my god, yeah. that's outrageous! Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, know it was that high. They've got a target. They've got a target on their backs this uh, this season. That's we'll, we'll, that'll quite literally, apparently. Segway, segway wow. uh, into the next topic. Last week, um, really, kind of all started when the um, the A's were visiting the Royals. Brett Lowry um, did a spikes up slide into uh, Alicetis Escobar, hurt him, took him out of the game, and then just sort of it all kind of spiraled out of control over the next two days. Um, really kind of culminating with uh, Herrera, right, I believe, mm-hmm. throwing Herrera. behind Lowry. Um, at about 100 miles an hour. At about 100 miles per hour and also pointing at his head, too. Um so, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, um, it's kind of uh, the sort of two wrongs don't make a right thing in my eyes. Um, but, Jonathan, how are people reacting to all this in Kansas City? Do you really hate the A's this much? Well, I think more people are now reacting to the way that Lowry is reacting. And Lowry, like, won't let it go. He's yeah. uh, he's started to point the finger at, at the Royals fans for instigating it. And uh, so what happened, though, it was interesting. You know, he claims it wasn't dirty at all, but he just didn't have a concept of what was going on, apparently, because, uh, you know, he was running to second on a on a ground ball that he was, you know, when you slide hard into second, you're trying to break up a double play. But what had happened was the ball took a weird hop that the Royals were conceding just to get the one out at second base. And so Escobar was was preparing to catch the ball as if he were a first baseman just he wasn't going to try to turn it he was in no position to turn a double play and so he was exposing himself as a result his whole leg was exposed uh to uh Laurie who who came in and you know took him out took out his knee that was easily a foot and a half on uh the left side of second base 
And so it was Lowry not being real cognizant of what the situation was that the, they had conceded the double play. It wasn't going to happen. And meanwhile, he went up there, like you said, spikes up and took him out and knocked him out for a couple games. But they were really fortunate it wasn't, uh, you know, a bad tear of a ligament or something. Yeah, I mean, you watch the thing and it's it's just it's hard to it, it's. How could you say it isn't intentional? You know, it's... it was definitely intentional, and it was just so absent-minded and dumb. And the fact that he doesn't own up to it is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, right. I, I, Herrera throwing behind him, um, particularly when you involve a guy's head. I don't know if that's necessarily the best way to respond, but I guess passions yeah. are running high. Like, I mean, like the only thing you could do worse after pointing at the head is like the Dikembe, like ah ah ah. Herrera claimed that him pointing at his head, he wasn't saying the next time it's in your ear, but uh, he, he was saying something else. But who really knows? Uh, yeah, like you said, emotions run pretty high, and it gets pretty irrational out there. It's it's a different world out there on the on the ball diamond where it's understood that you're going to be plunked with uh, some yeah. high heat. If, if you research Lowry a little bit too, you'll stumble across a handful of articles too, kind of describing him as not the most well-liked guy. Plays either. a bit out like, of control, they say. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. almost too ramped up. Too ramped up. Um, like in, uh, in, he ran into a little bit of the, the trouble with, sort of a hot temper in Toronto as well when he was mm-hmm. there. So it's a whole little plastic jar of raw chicken livers before he plays. <laughs> <He's just> like, <laughs> I'd like to think so. Um, but yeah, so pretty hard nosed player, but um, you got to have somebody like that on your team. Somebody's yeah. got to amp- be amped. I yeah. think. Well, There's got to be yeah. that one guy on the team. But, you know, they don't. the A's don't want to have to keep bailing out the same guy no. over and over again. You know, it's like the buddy oh, yeah. who you go to the bar with that always ends up getting in a fight. And you're like, right. I can't and keep doing this. I'm sure that's how a lot of the guys on the A's feel, you know. Oh, yeah. like, oh, hey, at the end of the day, you're just sticking up for your own. And yeah. if the roles were, were reversed, I'd be, you know, pissed at, at the uh, A's pitchers for throwing behind a Royals player who went right. in spikes up. And, you know, yeah. it's just it's it's all about the loyalties. Right. Right. Uh, they play each other once more, too, in Oakland. So it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. I think all the baseball world will be watching that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's sometime next month or I'm sorry, June, I think. We'll move um, it to a nationally televised game. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that one that probably will be. Um, all right. So we've got uh, we've got uh, those those topics, and then also one thing I want to talk about with music, um, the sort of never ending Motley Crue farewell tour. And the reason I bring this up is, um, I mean, obviously I like Motley Crue. I've always respected what they've done, and, you know, they look like they had a lot of fun doing it uh, back in the day. Um, I'm just, I guess I'm just surprised at how big this tour has become. It's, I mean, it's one of the biggest tours of the last couple of years. It's become that. They've got Alice Cooper opening for them, um, a legend in his own writing, you know, it, you could probably even reverse those and yeah i, I was say, gonna say like maybe five six years ago motley crew would have been possibly opening for um i don't, I don't know about know. that i mean like they've they've always played arenas though you know i mean and he he's kind of been more kind of like a sort of mid-sized theater as a headliner at least as a headliner maybe yeah, yeah. um 
whereas you know they've they've always for the most part been an arena band i think uh at it's least an interesting pairing yeah oh yeah, yeah i wouldn't suspect it um yeah yeah I mean, somewhat i there, mean there's all the 80s alice cooper which is like the alice cooper i'm not a fan of i mean no, I'm not... but I, I don't like i said i don't think he plays much of that though i mean yeah. I th- i'm sure he plays poison but um yeah, I, I mean, I, the bulk of his set list is from the 70s. To me, though, that's like the only link in my mind I could think between him, though, and Motley Crue is that 80s style. Like, I wonder why, or I wonder how they, I wonder if they're under the same management company I, or something. I, 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 I disagree here. I mean, I can see the link. I mean, uh, I mean, Alice Cooper had a very glam element to some of his stuff, um, you know, and Motley Crue did as well. Yeah, so I, true, I mean, I think true. just with the age that they are, you know, the, they were all teenagers in in the in the late seventies. I could I could see they all uh, Mick Mars is a little bit older, but I could see how they would all dig Alice Cooper and Kiss and and the New York Dolls and and all of those bands. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think yeah. it's that far fetched, really. Yeah. Well, maybe Mick Mars is Alice Cooper. That's why he finally wants to retire. He's like, God, I've been doing so many shows for decades i don't know if he, you uh, look some photos they look a little similar they do they do yeah <laughs> definitely they're, they're definitely two guys that are like definitely um definitely Road reason war. like if kids look at them and the kids kids have like low self-esteem it's like <laughs> join a band you'll, you'll be all right you know just look at those two guys and tom petty all right anyway um i, I guess i'm just surprised that the tour has been so successful they started it last summer, um, as build it as the farewell tour, and then they extended it into this year, and they finally, you know, announced their final show will be on New Year's Eve uh, at the Staples Center in L.A. I think they're playing like three or four nights at the Staples Center. Wow. Yeah, to, they, can uh, sell, they can sell that out. This, yeah, dude. Wow, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I mean, granted, they've they've played arenas and amphitheaters. I mean, most of their career, at least since Theater of Pain, but just the sort of that the demand that the market has been able to support a tour of this magnitude um, for this long, yeah, for this long, yeah. I mean, they're playing everywhere. You know, they're playing like you know North and South Dakota. You know, they're playing. They're hitting up the secondary and we love you, Rhode Island. Yes, they're playing. They're playing all the all the small markets too. So. I could see where a lot of those LA tickets would be comp tickets for right industry the, people. All the industry people that would go out in LA yeah. at the Staples Center. Yeah. I mean, granted, so many bands are from LA. It's where they're from, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. That's yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. Kanye and Kim front row at the last show. I'm sure you'll have yeah. people there who <laughs> yeah. don't like the band. You know, <laughs> yeah. who, who who aren't familiar with Molly Crew at all. Yeah, definitely, it'll be you'll have celebrities there i think um anyway so big tour there um i assume it's it's probably coming to all three it's it's probably playing chicago st louis and kansas city it was in kansas city last uh august or so okay all right anyway let's uh and then also the rock and roll hall of fame induction ceremony which segues into our which will segue into our next topic uh, the induction ceremony was earlier, uh, it was over the weekend actually, and really long ceremony, about five hours, 
And uh, the nominees this, or the inductees, I should say, this year. You know, people are just lit by the end of that, too. I would guess. <laughs> um, you've got uh, Bill Withers, uh, Ringo Starr, Joan Jett. Um, let me see here. Am I forgetting anyone? I thought they just did Joan Jett. Oh, Green Day. <laughs> Green right? Day, yeah. Yeah, Green Day. And... So they put... I think oh and Lou and uh, and Lou Reed Lou Reed yeah. yeah yeah I think that's it okay so yeah so those are the nominees for this year um, you know it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame we could go on all night about it yeah. that's why I, I didn't want to like you know that's, bring up the whole, whole like thing who deserves to be in yes. yeah it's um subjective it's, it's always been a contentious um you know a, a, a contentious um item you know the the hall of fame itself you know how do you quantify somebody is it all record sales is it influence blah 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 um you know this year the only (coughs) excuse me um you know green day um i don't know one man's one person's green day is another person's you know black sabbath um i just don't see how many people they influenced you know, like well, for better or for worse, influence that people that are worth a shit. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like they're... where would we be without Fallout Boy and Some Forty One? You know, yes, exactly, right. But then again, that's just me. Um, so, you guys got any thoughts though, like on the people that were nominated this year? Not necessarily like a debate about whether, but just uh, I was only moderately. I mean. I'm moderately interested in, in any of them except, you know, Lou Reed. I'm, I, you know, I give a lot more credence to, but the rest of them, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'm kind of indifferent. Yeah. Uh, to I think the repertoire. Lou Reed probably deserved it. Bill Withers, I like a lot personally, and I have his records behind me. Not so sure he deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, Green Day, no, obviously. Don't uh, jet. Yeah, I don't see... She's important, you know. I think Um, Runaways, yes. Joan Jett's solo, no. I mean, I I don't know. I guess I Love Rock and Roll probably got a lot of punk chicks to pick up a guitar. I don't know. I think think Green Day's induction is, is prudent. I think they're longevity and the impact that they had as we said for better or for worse and yeah. they ended up showing some range there with uh you know th- the rock operas like american idiot and yeah um you know i think there's a there's a bit more to them than i will probably ever know because i don't i don't listen that's a good way to put it i mean like our our opinion of them is is informed by probably what what we sort of think they are and we we none of i i can't None of us listen to them, right? I mean, I own Dookie. I have Dookie yeah. on vinyl, and that's it. D- Dookie yeah. was one of my original a dozen Columbia House. Well, yeah, CDs. for sure. That's the only yeah. reason I own it too. Yeah. I own a lot of records like that. But I mean, the they 90s, maintained so. their popularity after. Right, that. they were pretty I mean, consistent. They're a big band. You pretty know? consistent. I mean, whether or not they I were. listen to them or not, they're still popular. You know, exactly. Um, yeah, and uh, so I'm, I'm probably not the best person to judge their work. Um, and then. Uh, Ringo Starr. I I don't really necessarily know if Ringo Starr's solo career um, deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It doesn't. 
yeah. it was a, it was they just had to put a bow on the whole Beatles thing. Well, I was gonna right. say, isn't every they're Beatles all in now, now? In now, so they're they're all in. In. okay. Thank God we're right. done. We don't have Pete to do Best that will go in next year. I'm sure. No, <laughs> uh, maybe Yoko's solo stop. Um, anyway, Julian. Um, that transitions to really the induction ceremony that really matters as the far heart as I'm of the concerned. Order. That's right. The heart of the order tonight, the inaugural shoe-ins, where each of us um, inducts a band or an artist that's important to us, that's made important contributions to music. I Like I said, that I think really kind of embodies a lot of the qualities of this show and kind of, you know, how we... I don't know, just how we view rock and roll. Um, so the only criteria that we had was these the artists that we induct can't be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They cannot um, have been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So still quite a long list of influential people. So each of us gets one artist, and that's going to be – those three are going to constitute the inaugural class. Okay. So, Jonathan, I'm going to start with you, then we'll go to Levi – and I'll close it out. Um, who is your nominee and why? Or you're not, I should say, you're, I keep saying nominee, inductee and why. Sure. Uh, mine is is a band I didn't discover really until I was in college. And that was just because of the lead singer solo stuff that was coming out around that time. And uh, that, that solo stuff was by Kevin Kenny, uh, who released an album in uh, the early 2000s, uh, that was produced by Warren Haynes of Government Mule, and so that kind of got me really interested into what uh, what Kenny was all about. And uh, sure enough, he he is also the lead singer of Driving and Crying, uh, a band that released its first record in '86 uh, or so, mm-hmm. and is still touring today. Uh, granted, mostly in the South, uh, and you know sometimes up up uh, on the third coast there Chicago Milwaukee so but Kevin Kenny being from Milwaukee they always kind of make it up there but uh, Driving to Crying was this uh, a rock band that was uh, you know it came out in a time where I mean they, at one point they were touring with Guns N' Roses uh, but kind of mistakenly so they shouldn't they, they were they were hard rock at times but they weren't they were more hippie hard rock yeah um, well they also um they were the opening act on rem's green tour right right yep. yeah 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 so they i mean they as we, they had a lot of um versatility there i guess and you know it's i think some really Ke- good exposure too man oh no doubt no doubt yeah, those are all that yep. rem green tour was yeah. you know an arena tour yep. yeah wow. yeah i didn't know that yeah. yeah um and so you know they and they did have some early early hits and and made some uh you know and sold moved some units as they say in the industry uh, with uh, "Fly Me Courageous," "Scarred But Smarter," uh, "Whisper Tames the Lion," uh, and that, that's about where it peaked. Was "Fly Me Courageous," uh, even though they did end up going on tour after that with um, uh, Neil Young and Soul Asylum at different points. Um, but I did not know that. Uh, but Kevin Kenny is—he's kind of the, the poet laureate uh, of the South, in my opinion, of 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 the rock South, I should say. And uh, he's he's definitely a kind of a hippie at heart, but uh, even even like a beat poet at times. But really, uh, it's it's just straight up rock and roll. And he's funny too. 
He is funny. Like, He's very yeah, yeah very uh, self effacing. I once met Kevin Kenny at uh, he was doing a solo tour at a local. They stopped here in town at a club, and uh, I was sitting there. There were maybe a dozen people. The doors were open. A dozen people kind of mingling around, and uh, it was March Madness. I remember I was I was sitting there just watching one of the basketball games uh, from the tournament, and there was a guy playing uh, poker, uh, video strip poker, uh, those machines that they have on the bar, you know. Yeah. And sure enough, it was Kevin Kenny like playing video strip poker and drinking a Paps before it was cool to drink Paps again, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, so sure enough, uh, I, I went up and said, said hello and, and, uh, uh, he, he was really nice and he asked if I wanted to hear anything that night. And I, I said, uh, so I, I, I gave him a song, uh, off of his most recent record that I wanted to hear. And, and he's like, yeah, absolutely, man. I'll play it for you. Um, so, uh, you know, special connection, me and, me and Kevin. Um, but anyway, the driving and crying stuff, I, they have yet to come around. Uh, Kansas City since I've been here and uh, but like I said they're always playing in the south and one of these days I'm going to make it down there uh, to go see them because I think they mean that much to uh, the rock the rock scene of the last 25 years and that's kind of why they're there they are my inductee driving and crying nice cool nice. well fly me courageous gets <laughs> all right so um Levi, what about you, man? Who do you got? Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go rogue from what we talked about earlier. Yeah, you had somebody earlier. Too. I had somebody earlier in mind, and after thinking about this was gonna be the inaugural class of inductees, I feel this band has been skipped over numerous times in any and all kinds of awards. And that band is the Marshall Tucker Band. Ooh, I didn't know where you were going. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. Good. I, good. I, I think I like we it. all we all love the Marshall Tucker Band. Oh, I yeah. know the three of us do. And We've uh, lauded them on this podcast. Before. I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there's got to be. There's got. They just deserve it. You know, they were such a great band, and they were so talented, and their live shows were so great, and. You know, even after the one brother died, they were still pretty good live. That's when I saw them, was when there was only one brother. And yeah. it was like, I, you know, I think I was like 12 or 13. And They're so, still going. It's just it's just Doug Gray now, is the yeah. only original member yeah, now. Yikes. But, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I, I feel they, they were really deserving, and I wanted them to be in the uh, inaugural class. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people, it's a great choice, and I, I think a lot of people don't realize how much they jammed live, too. Oh, right? I think they're the original jam band. I've said that before to people. Yeah. When I taught, people were telling, you know, they were saying, oh, the Grateful Dead, you know, they made all the new jam bands. They're like the, the father of all the jam bands. And I'm like, man, if you listen to some stuff from the 70s from the Marshall Tucker Band, live stuff, it sounds more like, like jam stuff from the 90s that, you know, that right. people were saying that sounded like Grateful Dead. So I, I would assume like a lot of people in that crowd, the jam, the granola crowd, jam band crowd of today <laughs> would probably dig them if they if they like heard. One oh, yeah. Shows sure. is my guess. Yeah. So, yeah, they're not they're not recognized enough for their for their live performances from the 70s, which were all pretty awesome. And they had um 
Is the guy's name Jerry Eubanks who played yeah. the flute as oh, well? Oh yeah, the guy was awesome. Multi instrumentalist. Yeah. yeah, he was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Toy Caldwell is probably one of my favorite guitarists in terms of tone. Just you can oh, yeah. you can tell Toy Caldwell uh solo from across across the room for sure. He went pretty far in our tournament. He did. He did. He, he did. did. Um, I remember the first time I heard this old cowboy, uh, which was actually in Salisbury, Illinois. Uh, Antone played it. Uh, Antone <laughs> nice. frequently played there in Salisbury. Great song, man. And he played that. And I was like, oh, man, that just slayed me. And I had to well, go out and he, get the record. Yeah, he does a really good covers of songs, too. So I bet that was good, man. Yeah. Oh, this old cowboy is just, it's it's probably That's my a, top 50 yeah. favorite songs. Yeah, I was done I... 24 hours at a time. Was oh, my, yeah, that's uh, a great song. My favorite. Uh, shout out to Antone. My favorite cover of his was Long Tall Glasses. Ooh, yeah. Oh, he would, he, he uh, would Leo bust Sayer. out some Leo yeah. Sayer every once in a while. I would be like, hell yes. Like, I can dance, you know, I can dance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like one of, the, uh, one of the only 45s. I had like a handful of 45s as a kid, and that was one of them. <laughs> you, you know, um, that's a good. I like the Marshall Tucker Band choice, Levi. I liked your other choice too. Um, uh, but uh, maybe next year. Maybe, maybe next, next year. year. Maybe <laughs> next. Year. Yeah, good stuff, man. Um, so do do we think Tucker will ever make it into the Rock Hall? I don't know. I mean, they're running out of people to nominate at this point. Well, dude, I, for, they're going to have to go with the high tier classic rock acts first. Like I would say, the first one would be Journey. Journey sold like in in seventy five million records or something yeah. stupid. Yeah. yeah, they'll get into the next couple. So, like, of I would say, like, once maybe those guys get in, that would open the door then for bands like Marshall Tucker Band, or you could maybe even say, I don't know, offshoots of stuff like Rainbow could get in possibly, <laughs> or I don't awesome. know. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could open the door. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully, yes gets in. Um, That's another one. Yeah, man. Oh. Yeah. But, um, well, for mine, um, you know, this is this is one that um, we've talked about them a little bit on the show, and they're one of those bands that, when I was listening to the cassette in fourth or fifth, I think it was fifth grade. I guess at the time I didn't realize um, how original they were, and also what you know, for better or worse. I think much like you know we talked about with Green Day. Um, how, how how many bands they would influence um the band that i'm i'm referring to who's my inductee is faith no more um definitely uh i think they kind of drew up the blueprint for the rack rap yeah, rap rock hybrid that dominated the airwaves in the late 90s early aughts which i wasn't into um you know which i i do, i'll just flat out say i don't like but i really really like what they did um the real thing i uh i i you know after listening to it a few times recently i i think it's one of the best albums of the 80s yeah came out in 89 um and i think epic's one of the best singles of the 80s as well and videos and videos too we all remember um, that fish flopping around yeah, oh, yeah i think mike Patton is just kind of a crazy dude i uh oh, yeah. i uh i really like him as a vocalist and this it was so original and it i'm it it's 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 cool that it really caught on and you know that was that was a big album for them mm-hmm. um you know just probably it was right at the height of mtv too um 
and the follow-up to it um angel dust is great as well mm. um angel dust is you know to me they're like they make the, uh, it's hard to classify their sound you know oh, and yeah. it's 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 like it's got a it's got a funk element to I would, it the, yeah. I mean, uh, the term they used to use in the '70s for stuff like that was fusion. Yeah, they were yeah. fusion, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's got it's got a it's got like a, a rap element to it a little bit, you know. Uh, but you got Jim Martin. Uh, he doesn't play with them anymore, unfortunately. You know, he was a really good guitarist as well, who had killer tone. What, uh, uh, was the other guy's name uh, Inez? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Inez, I think you're thinking from Alice in Chains. Right? Oh, no, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I think. Uh, yes, I think you're I know right. Inez is in Alice in Chains. I, yeah. You know, I, um, you're right. Yeah, Jim Martin is the lead guitarist, um, and he's not with them anymore, unfortunately, because they did reunite about four or five years ago, mm-hmm. and they have a new album coming out. Um, I've heard the single, and it's it's uh it's they're still weird you know i mean (laughs) that's that's uh that's all i can say um i haven't determined if i like it or not yet Uh, i definitely want to go see them if they come around um i'm hoping they'll play like a theater a smaller theater uh when they headline because i've noticed that you know since they got back together they've really just kind of stuck to like the european festivals you know they've been Mm -hmm. those big you know somewhere in sweden where they're playing to like a hundred thousand people is one of the headliners. So I think if they were to come to the states, you know, I don't. They're not going to like you know play arenas. Um, my guess is they would play smaller or they would play theaters. Great. So I really am excited to see them. And um, you know, they're even before Mike Patton joined the band, they had Chuck Mosley as the lead singer. Um, so they they were and their stuff with him is good. It didn't quite, not quite as uh, the Faith No More that everybody knows when Patton joined the band uh, right before um, the real thing. I think he was on one record before that. So, and then uh, the King for a day fool for a lifetime is, is good too. So uh, they've got like three great albums in a row there in the late eighties, early nineties. They're going to be reissuing a couple of those. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. They're going to be putting those back out now. It's hard to believe it's been, you know, uh, 25 25 years since uh the uh the real thing came out but and i've heard i've heard some folks say i've heard some live reviews the live reviews of the since the band reformed are a little mixed i think martin is is deeply missed i think Hmm. um that's what eddie trunk said at least so (laughs) i trust him i I trust him yeah but um I also had uh, a T-shirt of theirs that kind of like, sort of like people were. It was kind of like a shirt that like one friend had for a little while, then he'd give it to somebody else, then he'd give it to somebody else. So right around the summer of '94, we were sporting the uh, the Faith No More. I think it was '92 tour T-shirt. <laughs> um, so beautiful shirt. Um, yeah. So they're they're my inductee. I uh, I think it's just such an original sound. Um, and, uh, they, uh, it's just really hard to classify what they did. And, um, if, if you haven't listened to the real thing in a while, put it on start to finish. And it's, it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's really, really good. And it's, uh, it's really, really unique. It's a unique record. I I don't really think there's anything else like it. When I, when we were younger, you know, 
besides the main obvious, the Epic video was huge and all over MTV. My other uh, avenue of like hearing them for the first time was Biodome. Yeah, right. <laughs> they uh, they did We Care a Lot, and it, they used it in yeah, Biodome. Yeah, right, right. And it was on that soundtrack. Yeah. And, uh, that was uh, my uh, that was like my second viewing of Faith. Good no reference. <laughs> Levi, Levi break it in the weasel. <laughs> 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 Well, you been smoking, buddy. Um, so, all right. So Levi's dropping weasel references. Hey, um, shout out to Paul. And, and of course, Stephen Baldwin with with uh, with, with uh, their little they're uh, little dreadlocks. No, no, weird, little weird, weird. Yeah. weird cornrow pigtail things yeah. all over his head. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, also, Faith No More was the the opening act. Uh, on that just that juggernaut tour 91 92 uh, I think it was like I think it was summer of 92 where it was Guns N' Roses and Metallica double double Faith bill no more. Faith No More yeah. played first they played stadiums that oh, was yeah. a stadium tour um, so so yeah they were the uh, they were the openers on that so good stuff yeah, there good 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 uh, inductees I like it man so we've got driving and crying Marshall Tucker Band and Faith No More as the inaugural inductees, the shoe-ins. I like it. I they like may it never lot. see the actual Hall of Fame, but this is certainly the <laughs> best consolation prize. Yeah. So Mike Patton, if you're listening, you're you're welcome. back, buddy. Yeah. Um, all the people that didn't win, maybe next year you're all going home with the at-home version of the game. <laughs> yes, right, right. I'll, I'll try to, like, if we can... Maybe since he's not touring with them, I can. Uh, I'm a, we should try to get Jim Martin on the show, you know. So give him a. If he's rant. out there, if he's listening. If he's out there, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey. Yeah. Anybody, you know, Doug Make Gray, custom wants baseball card or something. I'll yeah. go ahead. I'll give it a shot. I'll just email Jim at faithnomore.com <laughs> right. and see if he still got it hooked up. Maybe. <laughs> oh, but anyway. So good stuff. We'll uh, we'll post some clips of those bands and. And uh, if you haven't heard, if you haven't listened to any of those bands in a while, um, please do, because I think you'll be pleasantly surprised how good and um, enduring their sound is. So uh, that takes us to the bullpen session where we didn't get to do one of these last time just because we had so much to fit in with the the closing of the guitar tournament. We've got recommendations here where we recommend something that uh, you pr- maybe you haven't heard. Um, so we'll go ahead and start with these. Um, since I went last, the last go round, the heart of the order, I'll go first this time, and then uh, Levi, you can close it out. Then okay. the band that uh, this is a holdover for me since we didn't get to them last time. Um, uh, the band that I've really been digging the I've really it's it's my probably my favorite record of this year so far um is this band called the blank tapes i don't know if you guys are familiar with them no um they are i just kind of discovered them on rdo you know i don't know how i just kind of like kind of one click led to another you know the related Related artists artists, to something like that so i kind of stumbled upon them i wasn't looking for them and there are they are a psych rock uh, very psychedelic, like they wear it on their sleeves. Like these, they are they they're like perpetually high. All right, this band, <laughs> and um, it's uh, 
three dudes and one female uh, comprise the band. Uh, they're from San Francisco area. Uh, the, the album that turned me on is their most recent one. And I've listened to their other stuff. It's good as well. But I think the most recent one is their best production values. Uh, and it's a really trippy record. It's called, uh, gosh, I hope I say this right, uh, Geodesic Dome Piece. I know how to say dome piece. Geodesic, I'm not sure if yeah, that's uh, right. I said that right. Okay, all right. Geodesic Dome Piece is the record that came out earlier this year. Uh, it's on, the label is called Royal Oki. Um, and it's really great. Really, really just a psychedelic sound. It's got kind of a, it's got kind of a 60s um, vibe to it, you know, sort of a, like a, at times it kind of reminds me of like the zombies and stuff hmm. like that. But it's also um, a guy that, or a, an artist that, I don't know if he's an influence on them, but it wouldn't surprise me if he was, is a guy by the name of Devandra Banhart, uh, oh, yeah. who I think you guys have probably heard before. I hear some of that as well. Um, like Edward Sharp at all? Yeah, it's got a little bit of that too. That's a good. That's that's a good uh, good reference to bring up as well. I, I would say that they would be they would be comfortable opening for Edward Sharp. What and what and was it Mantle. called again? The geodesic uh, the blank dome tapes piece. and geodesic dome piece. Okay. Yes, geodesic dome piece. The blank tapes. I'll try to post some stuff on. I think that's actually Facebook the name for a biodome. A biodome is a geodesic dome. Wow. You just wow. you just did a biodome reference and didn't even know it. Yeah, well, yeah. Check it out, guys, because um, it's 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 really good stuff. They've got a few. Um, this looks like it's it's like they're probably like their third LP or so, third or fourth LP. Cool. Um, you know, they put out a lot of material. There's a lot of the EPs. Um, so I I think they're kind of just sort of a, a DIY kind of band, like a lot of younger bands are um, today. So there's certainly there's. Uh, they, they, I don't think they've been together that long, but they've they put out a lot of music. So cool. check them out. Geodesic Dome Piece is the album, and then the band is called The Blank Tapes. Cool. All right. All right. Jonathan, what about you? I will go with... There's a lot of good stuff that's been coming out, but one that I uh, did the scroll, 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 and random click on RDO new releases was Bop English. Okay. Uh, Bop English. Uh, name of the album is called Constant Bop. And uh, it the the guy and I forget his name. I've only known the band for about a week and a half now. Um, but uh, they uh, the guy used to be or is in um, a band out of Austin called White Denim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're good. Oh, they're I wasn't good. familiar with White Denim until I found this side project. Um, uh, and uh, White Denim is interesting. They're they're like a uh, a thin Lizzie meets ZZ Top uh, yeah. sound, and it's it's pretty interesting. But but Bop English is it's uh, a bit funkier, and but the guitar riffs are pretty awesome. The guitar runs and uh, just uh, the bouncy bouncy rhythms and uh, song structures are pretty undeniable. And uh, he's been getting pretty favorable reviews. Unfortunately, he was supposed to stop in Kansas City here in a couple of weeks, but he scrapped a, a lot of his tour to go over to Europe. So I don't know if he's got something bigger brewing. Uh, but if so, he deserves it because Bop English is probably going to end up being one of my favorite records of the year. It's it's uh, just, you know, I listened to it uh, one day and, and then the next day I 
I was like, oh, I'll go ahead and give it another listen. And then I just found myself, I kept going back to it every day for the last 10 days. I think I've, I've listened to it uh, twice on Sunday. So uh, Bop English, English Bop. Cool. Constant Bop. Constant Bop. All right. Nice. It's a lot of bopping. It is. <laughs> Makes me. And Louis Armstrong <laughs> they, is nowhere. Do they, cover, do they cover Bop by country artist Dan Seals? I know Levi <laughs> knows that one. Yes. All night. <laughs> I want to bop with you. That's yeah. right. All right, Levi, what's uh, well, what's your recommendation for our listeners? I'm going to do a quickie. Last Saturday was Record Store Day. Oh, yeah. I don't know if anybody knows about that on the listening audience, but it was kind of a holiday in all the record stores. And I got a few releases. I'm going to show you three real quick that I picked up that are really cool that I've been jamming lately. Did you battle any lines? I am employed at a record store, so no, I did not battle any lines. Went the back way. My stuff was waiting for me in a bag with my name on it. 12.01 a.m. There are perks to working at a record store. So. You, know, you know like that part in Goodfellas where Ray Liotta takes Lorraine Bracco like, through the kitchen and all that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's Levi on record store day, yeah. Hey, Sweet. you know, hey. Sweet. Um, you know, work at a record store if you want that kind of service. <laughs> Open a record store. Work at one. You can get this stuff. Uh, first one, Jaco Pistorius, Warner Brothers Anthology. Nice. Ooh. Nice. Yeah, it's excellent. Uh, There's a documentary out about him now. Yeah, and Is it was it? by Robert Tru- Rob Truillo from, from, uh, from No Italian. Kidding. Yep. And Suicidal yeah. Tendencies, yeah. Yep. He he uh, owns his base. He wow. owns Jaco's base. Wow. He said if the family ever wanted it back, he could. they could... Like he'd give it back to him, but he'd, they'd have to pay like whatever he paid at auction. For. Sure, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, the second one was so weird that when I saw it on the list to pre-order, I was like, "Man, I, I just have to have that." It's called "The Rough Guide to Psychedelic Salsa Music." Ah, nice. And it is, dude. It is out there, and it's awesome. And it's like psychedelic, all Latin percussion sixties. Sweet, bands. and it's a bunch of different bands. Yeah, yeah, tons of different bands. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different artists. It looks like you know those it. those rough guides are good uh, portals to like if you find one that you really like yeah. to get into that band that otherwise you never would have heard. Would have, yeah, oh yeah, because uh, they can do their homework on those rough guides. I have a few more things, but th- this one I wanted to be the last one on tonight. I'll mention. Um, this was really cool and. It, I just I had liked this artist and this record has made me like him even more, and it's John Prine live 1978 at the nice. Park West it's a great Theater. Great album cover too. Live at the Park West 1978, hmm. and nice. um, it's got just a a really cool selection of songs, kind of spanning his career up to that point, and uh. He's with a full band, and there's an organ player. So some of the, a couple of the tunes kind of sound. I don't know if I'd say necessarily funky, I guess, but like you don't hear a lot of Hammond organ in John Prine albums. So it's, it's much cool. bigger it's, sound than yeah. It's cool to hear that. these songs with that that bigger sound, and yeah, it's a great album cover. It's a great yeah, shot of John Prine. So uh, yeah, those that's what I've been jamming on lately. Nice, hell of a songwriter. Um, good stuff. Good stuff all around, guys. Yeah. So. Excellent. Well, um, everybody, you can follow us uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Rock in Chew. That's Rock, and then in is in Nazareth. Chew. Um, and, 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 uh, from, from every show from now on, I want you to come up with a different band that starts with in. Yeah. Okay. All right. I can. I can do that. I can do that. 
So Nazareth is the first. Um, and then also you can like us on Facebook and then also visit our website. You can find the whole archives of all the episodes, 25 of them now that we've got, um, on uh, rockchew.com. And also my recommendation for tonight is um, is in uh, is a blog post on our website uh, that uh, a regular uh, post called Fresh Lumber that uh, discusses new music. Cool. Uh, so you can find that and a lot of other recommendations on there. Very Good cool. deal. Good deal. Well, congrats to the inaugural class, Driving and Crying, Faith No More, uh, and the Marshall Tucker Band. Don't drink so, too we'll, much tonight, guys. Right, right. We'll post some stuff from them as well. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay up and listen to all three of them. That's just all there is to it. Just do it. So, anyway, uh, that said, we'll see you next time. Uh, again, don't forget rockchew.com and at rockinchew. And uh, we'll see you as we head into spring. Take care, everybody. Peace.